Pod Clubhouse. This is Caroline from Daily Review. And this is Mike from Pop Culture Review. And this is Without a Paddle, the Schitt's Creek podcast. Tonight, we're talking about episode 607, Moira Rose. It was directed by Jordan Canning, back again after she did the incident uh, earlier this season. And it was written by David West Reed, who did last week's episode, The Wingman. Hey, Caroline, how are you doing? What'd you think of tonight? Hi, Mike. I'm doing fine. I liked tonight. I liked that they, there was a lot of callbacks in this episode. It seemed like there was a lot of things that had you watched previous episodes, you would get a little payoff on this. I agree with you. And I also liked, this is uh, especially two weeks in a row, and I'm going to chalk this up to uh, Mr. Reed and his writing. I think he, I, I, we mentioned last week, he really seems to get these characters, but Moira in particular, he's really brilliant bringing a side of her, hitting it out of the park in her motherly duties, even her in her wine-soaked state this week. I really liked a lot of the heart moments that we had this week. Let's start with the talk between Johnny and Patrick. We started off with that, with that disgusting, gross barf in your mouth prompting of Uncle Roland that he's been spying in the children's motel window not off to a good start Roland. that was no. classic johnny classic johnny oh my response God. and notice that patrick was just all alone in there and was encouraging of johnny to go in there and have the talk now mike is the talk something that exists in your world in real life i'm still waiting for my father to have the talk about the birds and bees with me so no the talk was not something that ever existed in my life in any way uh, nor did my former father-in-law ever sit down and have a talk with me in any way shape or form i think this largely exists in just tv and movies i want to say that as well I, I do not think that it exists in real life although i mean i understand the concept of like kind of it goes hand in hand i guess with asking for a blessing so I guess if you were asking for the blessing of the marriage, like, is it okay if I go ahead and propose? It seems like that's when the talk might happen. Like, you know, there might be some conversation about like, well, I'll give you my blessing to propose provided that, you know, you're going to love them and take care of them and respect them. And, you know, that kind of nice words. Like, it seems like that would go hand in hand with that. Yeah. I don't separate those two things. Like, I don't know if there's a, is there a blessing? Like, yes, it's cool to go ahead and ask the person for their hand in marriage. And then is there a separate pre-marriage conversation? In TV, there is. I don't know in real life if there is. I think you're right. I mean, I did. I get uh, the father of the bride's permission. You know, I, I told him what I was going to do before I did. It wasn't so much I was seeking permission, but more because uh, I, I didn't think I was going to have a, a problem getting, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it was, oh, no, we're going to, you know, have a problem here. It was it was more of like an out of respect thing. I, I felt it was a, the respectful thing to do just to let him know I was going to propose. But it didn't resemble anything eloquent like this on, on my side nor on his side. It was it was kind of like, sure, that sounds great. Like, you're not married already. That was kind of the that was kind of the <laughs> response. Really, it's just a TV trope. It's a great one. And I mean, it allows you to have great moments like Patrick and Johnny had tonight. I, like so much TV and movies, I don't know that it translates to such eloquent moments like cold pizza or cold za in a motel room. <laughs> cold za. Uh, cold za. That's so funny. That reminded me of the of a previous episode when they do the as if. And yes. We were saying like, do they still say that? The za thing? That's like, that, do, do people still say that up there? Like, I remember that, but is that a current thing? I don't think so. I know. It struck me as being such like a Michael Scott saying from like the <laughs> office. It was the kind of thing like Michael would do to try and be hip and cool with like the employees or like if you wanted to go hang out with Jim who he, you know, always found cool or like Ryan, he'd be like, oh, let's go get some 
Zah. <laughs> and then he names the ingredients of pizza, you know, sauce and cheese, you know. It was it was, it was okay. How endearing was Patrick that he could obviously tell that Johnny was there to to want to say something and he tried so hard to just give him the grace to be able to ask without him saying like what exactly are you sitting in here for like being like rude or anything but being like right. it, it seems like you have something on your mind is there something you wanted to talk about i especially love that line where he goes should i should i turn down the sound on commercials again like like as if yeah. to be like <laughs> like is it the time to have this conversation wasn't he i mean did you love patrick for this for this moment of how how carefully he can treat the Rosemen. I don't think it's any secret at this point that I absolutely love and adore Patrick in every way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, it turns out we were underselling him a couple weeks ago when we mentioned how he is a David Whisperer. It turns out he is just a Rose Whisperer. He gets all of the family members. In particular, tonight we got to see how he handled Johnny so, so well. And he said all of the right things. And I think he said it really sincerely, but I also think, you know, to alleviate Johnny's obvious discomfort. You know, Patrick is just like protecting David from the things that will set him off. He he decided that he would take the, the reins and help Johnny through this awkward moment. I super appreciated when he was like, and there's a lot of things I that know. set him off. <laughs> we actually have that sound clip. It's one of my favorites in the episode. Here it is. Mr. Rose, I don't want to cut you off. But, um... <clears throat> I'm glad we have a minute to talk. Because I, I hope it goes without saying that as lucky as I feel to have met David, I also feel incredibly lucky to be joining your family. <laughs> I love your son. And I will always do everything I can to respect him and to protect him from all of the things in life that can set him off. And there are many, many things that can set him off. Oh, I'm aware. It's, uh, you know, uh, protect him from the things that set him off. It's just, it's classic how they paint Patrick. You know, he is in super empathetic and caring, but also understands that these are not perfect people or David is not perfect and is willing to call him on it, which isn't that, isn't that like the ultimate? Is that what you want in your partner? The person who is going to support you in all of your nonsense, but also acknowledge that you do have nonsense. <laughs> yes. It reminds me of Gilmore Girls when Rory's boyfriend, Dean tells the new boyfriend, Max of Lorelai's that he needs to go along with the bit. And Max is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if the pepperoni needs to have an argument with, in, uh, with the pizza, like you just need to go with it. Don't fight it. Don't act like you don't know what's happening. Just talk to the pepperoni. Just answer him back. Okay. And it was like, yes, that's exactly who you want. You want the guy who's going to answer the pepperoni back when you're making a joke about it. Like, don't act stupid about it. Patrick is so the guy who's going to answer the pepperoni and just fucking go with your bit and then afterwards be like, that was pretty funny. It's funny that you bring up the pepperoni and extended metaphors because mm -hmm. then I, I think that kind of naturally takes us to the other side of the Rose equation to Moira and David's fantastic day out at uh, Herbert Ertlinger's fruit winery. Uh, is it Herbert or Herbert? Or Herbert, like a herb. <laughs> I got to tell you, I would love so to, see, to see what the blooper reel looks like of drunk David. David and drunk Moira in those scenes, they had to have a problem keeping a straight face. They are just killing it, the two of them. <laughs> 
playing drunk so, exactly. so well. What did you think of Moira and her motherly advice here? The extent, what I'm calling the extended grape metaphor. Did she, does she win mom awards for you here or was it just too drunken to follow? I think she wins lots of mom awards. And I think that it was a really important message because in a lot of couples, you have this situation where one is the more boisterous, loud, you know, just gets all the attention type of person. And it is an important reminder that the person who's a little more subtle and a little bit more reserved, you know, should not be overlooked and make sure that you don't just um, stomp all over them, basically, that you allow them to have their moments, their quiet times. I thought it was great advice. I think it's great marriage advice. I think it's great friend advice, like just people advice. There's all different types of people. Be mindful of how you love different people and, and be respectful of how they need to be loved. Excuse me. I think you I think you mean there are all sorts of different types of grapes and, <laughs> and that they know and that you have to blend your potent grapes and your more subtle grapes together to make a fine wine. She's killing it left and right here in, in, in her in her delivery. Not only the the sentimental, very good advice about, you know, you have to don't discard the subtle grapes. You know, Patrick is like your father in that. And what did she she phrased it something like there's a lot of your father and Patrick and David's just nose yes. wrinkled right away. Like, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, they, they play off each other so well. But, you know, but then she also talks about how her and her uh, his father have been making, you know, great wine for 40 years. Yeah, it just is so inappropriate, but also just so endearing and wonderfully poignant. You know, I think well, she did. And again, that callback thing that we were talking about in the previous, you know, little section we were just talking about with Johnny and Patrick, we had that baseball callback, you know, to the episode where they had they played the softball game. Right. And then, you know, now in this one, this was a callback to me when he was describing his, you know, yes. I like the Cabernet and I like the thing, you know, like all those different and like my like the wine, not the label. This was a really nice callback to that. whole. It, it, it was. And it made so much sense that this that Moira can communicate with him this way. It makes you think that it turns out David was sharing with Stevie a shorthand that he would obviously understand with his mother. I think it actually increases how great a scene that is, which I know is a fan favorite. It's one of my favorites, you know, for his mother to communicate with him this way. It, it, I think it gives you a little glimpse into their family that they all know they can talk in these kind of metaphors and understand and, you know, receive the message also. It was actually a great little family moment that really connected the dots with the great callback. I think anyone who speaks alcohol speaks my language uh, for for sure for I sure <laughs> tell me because i because i'm sure you did uh did you laugh out loud when david said that he's had worse things in his mouth <laughs> yes i did i gotta tell you yes, I did. all of uh herbert's uh wines just sound so disgusting you know oh my god banana rosé so banana rosé is maybe a new <laughs> low of gross uh, i even think ground fruit was also a that's the one that had to have notes of tomato, right? Oh my God. Because yes, could, that'd be a ground fruit. That would be the ground fruit because I think they had gone yeah. through strawberry peach. Uh, which Some of my favorite comments there um, when she says, this tastes like some oxacillin. <laughs> yes, we have we have that clip too. We'll play it right here. Oh, I had my reservations about banana. Um, that's the strawberry peach. Oh dear, it tastes like a moxicillin. This one's burning my throat. These are terrible. Well, we have to pick one, David. Do we? You really want people associating your name with this 
Laundry detergent? I would never sell this at my store. Yeah, they, they have some great uh, synonyms. But again, the gag of them not being able to remember which blend they could live with. <laughs> I think they went back to it two or three times and it was funny every time, you know? It really was. I And I can appreciate it. Don't you feel like it's like that when you're at like the eye doctor though? And they're like, which one's better? One or two? One or two? And you're like, I, I can't tell the difference anymore. I feel that way at all tasting kind of things too, where they're like, this one or this one? I'm like, I don't know anymore. They all taste the same. Have you ever tell. been to a tasting where you actually did end up getting uh, drunk or at least a little t- uh, a little tipsy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, me too, except for it's not wine. I'm not big of much of a wine drinker, but I've been to uh, a couple of scotch and whiskey tastings. You know, oh, I gotta try that other one, you know. And then, <laughs> you didn't spit it out so much as drink it down. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would be that actor that would have to do feed, you know, food takes and keep eating it instead of spitting it into the bucket <laughs> next to me. They're like, get so, another pizza. That's it. That's it. Get another za. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. I I really, I appreciated the entire callback to the winery. I loved that they were like, well, the print ad, you couldn't mess up. And like, they gave us like even more to that story. Because like, I didn't know she did a print ad. You know, they give us like even more to the the story of what when she worked with them. And just the idea that they were like so enamored with her still. And then she like fucked it up again. Right. (laughs) Like, oh. I gotta tell you, and I hope the show releases it on social media somewhere. I want to see the print ad of her heart burn ads with Ann Geddes. I need to see <laughs> what that looks like. I need to see Moira Rose in Heartburn ads done as done by Ann Geddes because that sounds like a complete shit show uh, <laughs> that I want to see and experience. Uh, will you please? I'm I'm trying to remember and I'm having a little brain fart. She's like the one who does like the babies coming out of the flowers. Yeah, and, like, the yeah. She, she she likes putting babies in like fl- watering okay. cans and flower. So pots. we'd see like Moira like coming out of like the fruit gardens or something. Or with like out of coming out of like a Tums bottle. I don't know. Oh yes, duh. It was a heartburn. I guess it's yes. a heartburn. Yeah. So I don't know what that could look like. I mean, she has she has like a flower bonnet in her hair or something. I can't even imagine. It's and you know and it's also like the black and white, but then like one thing will be in color. Yes. So maybe like it'll be like her digestive tract will be highlighted in red, but the rest will be like a black and white tasteful photo. I don't Do know. Do you remember that Seinfeld bit where he where he says that it's like the only thing I know about my my insides is like when you see the man who's like turned to the side and I have a tube that goes down to just like. Like, just down the, out to the other tube and it just like goes yes. down their throat. It's like, <laughs> it made me feel like that. Like, oh my God. The other thing that I, w- that I was thinking about with the, the print ad, it was also a cool little callback to remember that she said she did the adult diapers ad in Japan in full kabuki makeup yes yeah i again again if we ever get a spinoff of some kind of like you know additional material a detailed list career of all of moira's credits i I would like to see everything she's done and see some evidence of it i want like an actual reel like a clip reel of like all of her different ads like i would die uh, that would be so funny. Did you did you get a good look at the picture that they were using on the label of her? Oh my god! Uh, which was not great picture, <laughs> but Moira. I mean, she's a pro. You know, she goes, uh, "Who is she, and how do we get a mouthful of her?" <laughs> no human being would say that, but God damn it, it's funny. It just it, everything in this episode really made me laugh hard. Oh, it, full of her. I it was uh, that more. It was, uh, and how do we get a mouthful of her? It's, uh, this episode was great fan service. All the callbacks. It really rewarded people who have followed the show and watched it, but also 
just as brand new content as a brand new episode of Shit's Creek. Really, really great stuff all the way around. And I so. love how they even wove in that the whole reason why the fruit wine people would want her back is because of the Crows Have Eyes 3. That was even a cool weaving. It wasn't just like they came back to her. It was like, oh, because of your success with the movie, like they wove that back into to herb, herb, if you will. I think even small moments like that was really cool. I did not expect to see him ever again, but it's great that, you know, that the like Alexis is getting all of this new work. Moira also is getting getting a bit of a resurgent career, which was what she always wanted. Well, let's so. talk about Alexis's new work because I feel like she's hidden a little bit of some bumps in the road here. So it turns out that, you know, her marketing career is taking off and she has landed a new like spa client, a new gym called Elevation, which I don't think we had heard really about anything other than stuff related to her mother uh, or the singles week. I had we heard really anything about any other work Alexis was doing? Not really. I mean, I nothing that I can remember that was like specific. I mean, I think that she was always trying to kind of like dabble a little, you know, try to get into something. But like she was always really just doing work for the parents. What was your first impression when all of the ladies, the ladies of Schitt's Creek, uh, save Moira, came sauntering in in those kind of drab gray workout outfits? What, what was the first thing that came into your mind? My first thing was like, why are they in like um, weird like hospital orderly outfits? I did not glean that they were workout outfits to start with. Like I wasn't exactly sure what Elevation was until they kind of backed off a little bit and showed the like actual gym equipment. I wasn't sure exactly what we were doing here. They looked frightening. Like I was like, oh no, what is this like some sort of like medical experiment? What is this? A few things came to mind. So when I heard Elevation, I saw the clothes. I don't know what about the clothes and maybe it's a sub- subconscious thing that they did research but I thought of the Koreshians and Waco oh, yeah. and uh, I went right to Colt and then Citrus shows up and the way he was talking I was like this is yes. obviously this is going <laughs> to turn out to be some kind of cult I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a religious cult or like an exercise cult but I definitely my brain definitely went to danger 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 Will Robinson definitely run I like that we got a little callback to Jocelyn and her Lululemons uh, in this episode um, well, she calls it Lime. right because they're knockoffs <laughs> Uh, In the episode where we learned that uh, Gwen left Bob, you know, she was talking about how she knows how expensive, you know, real yoga pants are because she buys the high-end knockoffs, which are also expensive. That's super funny. And then also, honestly, Citrus, didn't that remind you of Tennessee slash Tallahassee? Like everyone having like these wacky-ass names, the old pinecone hunter of mutts. All attractive people with like really weird-ass names. (laughs) (laughs) Tallahassee, Tennessee. uh, How on brand was it that Twyla knew from the get-go that this was a cult and was totally okay with it. She was like, I'm here to support your career. I I think (laughs) if anyone was going to realize from the get-go that this was a cult, Twyla, obviously. My favorite line of hers when she's like, my mom tried to take me to the gateway for spring break. Yes. Yeah, she knew all about it. And like, and like knew from the time she was like, I know exactly what this place is. She's the one who is like vocal about citrus being so hot. She's clearly someone who's going to buy the tape uh, player that because it has to play the cassettes so that they all play at the same speed. That you know, the branding, mer- yeah, the branding merchandise for Twilight. <laughs> I love it. So love would it. you have been tricked or would you like in I guess I want to say would you have had the wool pull over your over your eyes if you were trying to create your career the way Alexis is that you would take 
any job, you would not have noticed you were trying to brand a cult. For me, that was part of what the joke was. She didn't actually know any, she was a brand ambassador. She doesn't know anything about Elevation because I would imagine this would come out in just some basic questions. Maybe question two or three should probably reveal that there was something more here than just being an exercise class. I think she probably heard commission based on people signed up and that was as far as she listened, if anything else. And they obviously left everything so vague. And did you appreciate how she tried to extract the information from Citrus about what the hell this actually was? Let's clarify the jargon that we're using. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did like that. And I liked how she was asking questions, you know, about demons. And she's like, carbs, right? And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. But I'm also talking about actual demons, you know? <laughs> Like she was, she was trying to get to him just talking metaphorically as much as she possibly could, because even like Alexis knows that she can't have her friends sign up for a cult, no matter how much she would get paid per per person, you know? <laughs> yes. Proud of her on that. Again, when we go to Alexis's growth, there's definitely a point in time when she would have been completely fine with her friends signing up for a cult. She would have been part of the cult for sure, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. This, this is real Alexis growth here on, on the spot here. I did like that when she finally told them that it was a cult and she says and not the good kind and she goes on to talk about where you you know follow a hot indian guy with long hair and you come out with a smoking yoga bod i like the idea in alex's world there are good cults oh you know she's totally been in a cult before like that's a guarantee i'm sure several i would imagine several i would imagine you're a mom of several children did you identify with jocelyn still flirting with going on the gateway trip just so she could get a break from her kids Oh, yeah. I think uh, like moms do that shit all the time. They're like, I will 100% sign up for this quilting workshop. I don't quilt, but there's free wine and I get to stay here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, the idea of sticking your kid in the Ikea ball pit so you could have a meatball really resonated with me uh, from <laughs> when Tom was a younger child. You know, I, I need to go look at some Flarfenugan furniture. You go hang out in the ball pit here, buddy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Da- Daddy needs a break. Also a, a bit of a cult, you know, people who are yeah. into Ikea, also a bit of a cult. So It is, but more the good kind. More of the good kind. Uh, that's true. <laughs> the, the Swedish meatballs are, are hard to beat. Yeah, but they are a little bit of a, you know, they're like a gateway drug, though. You get into the harder lingonberry sauces. <laughs> Or Herbert lingonberry sauces. Herbert. Herbert or Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> any, any favorite lines that we haven't already talked about stick out in, for you in this episode? There's one for me that we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, gosh. The Everything with the wine tasting when she was saying the whole thing about, like, this tastes like laundry detergent. This tastes like amoxicillin. All that stuff. That was all cracking me up completely. I, I liked it when um, Citrus goes, can I get an oh, yeah. <laughs> I liked all everything about that scene and I loved watching Stevie struggle behind and then she gives like a very defeated oh yeah well after everyone else but then she she's proven right and she definitely calls herself out for you know a little pack on the back for her saying had only someone noted how strange this whole place was from the outset. <laughs> Yes, yes. So let's um let's move on to the last scene there before I want to tell you any more of my favorite lines because the, it comes in this part. The whole idea that David and Patrick are staying at the motel because David has put in a Japanese toilet. Yes. And <laughs> and they're razzing Alexis and she's like, "This is like I'm sharing a room with my twin brothers who kiss." That and then he then then they line. kiss. Like I, I loved everything about that scene. That was the ultimate in like I love this family. This family loves each other. Patrick is a perfect addition to this family. I just want to be also, much like Moira, I love a sleepover, you know, <laughs> and just snuggle in the bed there. I, I loved everything about that final scene. What did you think about everyone knowing about the gateway and the cult? It was hysterical. And I have to say the second 
that they were all in there, I out loud was like, oh, they're having a sleepover. So then when she came in and said, I love a sleepover, I was like, oh, I also said it was a sleepover. Like, we're the same. I love that. And how easily Patrick just fit in that teeny tiny twin bed with David made it feel like you are the perfect puzzle piece, aren't you? You just clicked right in that bed that didn't even look big enough for David himself. And, so, and you are able to just slide on in there. Love that. It was expected that David would know. And I loved Alexis's reaction that, uh, you know, Stevie did this, you know, obviously Stevie would tell uh, <laughs> Johnny walking in and busting her balls about it. I thought was really funny. It was it was the, the joke was already funny. The setup, the execution was great. Johnny coming in was just great icing on it. You know, he, he was says, so casual. Like he just came in like, oh, what's going on in here? We did yeah. something about the gateway. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he comes in and he's like, oh, we should we should all be together because we're going to be losing Alexis soon to the gateway. It was just very <laughs> funny. And yeah, it was all casual. It was just like, probably a little too, for, you know, close for comfort. I can I can definitely think of a time when none of the Rose children would want any of their parents so near to them. You know, think about think back to the first uh, the second episode of the series with the drip when you know they come busting in in his Bob Cratchit outfit, uh, you know, in his uh, nightgown. I I get it and I buy it and I want to buy it because I feel like these guys have grown so much closer together. They have grown closer together. This is much more of a family than it used to be. As like a little like balance to that, Patrick was like, "Is this how you guys are every night?" And David's like, "No." <laughs> Because it's true. Like, we don't want to act like they're like the freaking Brady Bunch, you know? Like, no, they don't sleep in the same beds and have like nine-eye conversation every night. Like, they're still a real family. Exactly. So I liked that he like balanced that. Like, no, we're not always like this. But he Here also in, but he also didn't mind either, you know? Mm. Like, it was definitely a no, but also he wasn't <laughs> like, get out of here. He right. was he, he was very into, like, this is my family. Think back to the episode, uh, the end of the first episode, when uh, they're sitting on the park bench and they're talking about, you know, Johnny getting arrested for indecent exposure. He, David turns to Patrick and says, it's too late to leave me now. You know, you can't back out now, you know, <laughs> but this is the family that David is not embarrassed for Patrick to be joining. It's so cute. My favorite line was a little bit before that. It was when Patrick and Johnny have to come get them at, at the winery because uh, oh Herbert has uh, called them because they're not going to be uh, driving and he won't be driving them home. They walk in and Moira's gleeful, our designated grapes! <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm definitely going to isolate that and uh, use that everywhere. Um, I want you to. You have to like lock it in your memory. I want to hear you at some point and say, oh, my designated grave. Yes. Now, if, you, if anyone ever, if we ever get together, have like a pod clubhouse get together at the end of the night, where there will definitely be designated grapes that show I, up. And, and I want you to call every Uber driver the rest of your life your designated grape. Done. Done. <laughs> I want you to hop in and be like, my designated grape. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, I'm actually just going to put Moira's voice on my phone in like a memo and i'm just going to have that isolated clip uh ready at the go that would be hysterical i love it overall we we loved this episode was it was there any clunks at all for you or was everything like pretty smooth sailing just the vomiting uncle roland thing but again you know what but that that's roland for me so it was very on brand and it did get johnny in the same room with patrick so i really even can't even you know find fault with that because that's that's who roland is roland is not the upstanding citizen that he maybe wants us to be. He's like the gross Uncle Roland who refers to him as such and spies in the children's windows to see what they're doing. You I know, I think that's, I think that's, windows. Oh my God. I, was, I don't want to alarm you, uh, but I, I've been spying in the kids' windows. Not, 
<laughs> not off to a great start, Roland. You know, I, just, I mean, to get that kind of reaction for Johnny is is probably worth the price of admission. But uh, I love that. I, love I liked that. how he continued to mutter as he was walking away. He's not facing the camera. He's well downfield from the camera vision, and he's like, "Patrick's all alone in that room, Johnny." <laughs> have a talk. It was just. It was very. It was like almost like uh, like a horror movie. Like uh, <laughs> yeah, up. right. He's like haunting him. That's hilarious. You know, I think there were so many cool little layered smart clever jokes in this one again hats off to the writer i feel like they did a great job of knowing the characters and really expanding on existing storylines while giving us like even more like not just expanding on them but like layering them you know i felt like oh right there is like more to this story and like i love these little extra details it was a Uh, really good episode i guess if we missed anything i guess it was there was no ted but i think maybe he was the only character not in this episode i feel and maybe bob uh we had ronnie dealing the the gateway water we had that. you know she was Stevie. like i'm just gonna empty it out yeah i'm gonna the keep the bottles goes. i'm gonna enter the crystal water you know <laughs> great way to put everyone in the same room and really have them play off of each other they did great and everyone did their part spot on which i appreciate that when everyone brings their actual character and again like i i want to highlight what you said about moira like she has been our holdout in terms of feeling like we've seen a lot of growth out of her or a real change in her character generally. All this kind of lovey-dovey, like, I, I, I wouldn't have bought season one Moira saying I love a sleepover and crawling in bed with Alexis we had to go through that whole thing of them like awkwardly having a lunch together with her having like a note card for because she wasn't even comfortable enough with Alexis to have lunch much less crawl in bed with her like that wouldn't be her but they've built her up like over these last couple seasons to be like okay I see where she's softening you know seeing the the talents and the successes her children are having and really appreciating them more so it was like appropriate that she was crawling in bed with her it rang as uh, to me as being very well earned. This is halfway through the final season, and you know I love how they're setting everyone up for this final kind of push. I, I like where everyone is at. I hope nothing bad happens. I hope we just get to continue to enjoy kind of all of them being great together. Did you note that Alexis mentioned to Stevie about how she's a businesswoman now and needs to do things like elevation, you know, to to be sharp in mind and body? Uh, I, I thought it was just funny that you know, like it's gotten out that Stevie is doing the motel thing. And you know, she really is a businesswoman now. She's just yeah, not. I she's just that. not the niece. She's not the niece behind the counter at the motel anymore. You know. She's, yeah, uh, I appreciated that very much. I was going to ask you, what do you think? We do have the back half of the season, and I mean, if this was one of the last episodes. I think we our hearts would all be calm and good. It's a, is it a little nerve wracking to know like we still have half a season? Are they going to create chaos for these characters now? I, we I mean, have to have something happen. Right? David Something's dro- got to be going on. David dropped a note to winery when Moira was talking about being with him today. And uh, David dropped a note about how he's still planning a wedding, which we really haven't heard. I think the tuxedo fitting was the last time we really heard about any kind of wedding planning. So I suspect that that is going to be a big source of either chaos or just really great shot and fruit and laughs and stuff because it, that can't go well, right? There's it, no, no way in Schitt's Creek. Some chaos. Yeah, wedding planning in Schitt's Creek cannot be a smooth operation, not on a David Rose level. Um, <laughs> so I imagine that has to take up at least an episode or two. I, I suspect we're also going to see more of the new motel. We're going to get we're going to get some Stevie, Roland, Johnny, new motel stuff. I think we have to. And Alexis has Ted on the horizon. That is an unresolved issue. Their relationship has to do something. Yeah, um, I would think and, so too. And Moira and her new career opportunities. Maybe it's going to cause her to travel. Maybe she'll have to leave the creek for a bit. You know, the, the Rose women 
are both on trajectories, you know, potentially to be pulled out of the creek for their new burgeoning careers. Um, it did make me very happy with the Japanese toilet that it made me feel like the store must be doing very, very well for David to be putting in stuff like that. Like they must be making some profit. I would think so. Smile when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, good! The store must be doing very well." You know, then he was also contemplating, you know, adding, you know, linger wines to his uh, so to, to his store. You know, as part of a licensing <laughs> deal kind of thing. So every you know, everyone everyone is in a good place right now. I so. know, which scares me though, because we have half a season, so I don't want anyone to fall off a cliff here just to go through agony for them to make it all good again by the end you know what i mean like i don't want to go through like three episodes of of pain just so that we can fix it in the last three or four episodes you know what i mean like i don't want to i don't want to see anyone get hurt i hope that's not going to happen but i still we still need storyline and like stress and angst and problems to solve so hopefully they're all creative and fun and not not scary and sad unless they resolve it in a funny way by the end of the 21st minute then i think we'll be okay (laughs) then then i think we'll be okay well that's awesome Well, on that note, I would like to say this is Caroline with Daily Review. This is Mike from Pop Culture Review. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.